in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, uh, it's election day, and uh, I have no idea who's running for what. I have no idea. Uh, there's some local elections I should be up on, but I'm not. We'll bring flipping in. Uh, I do know this. I haven't voted yet. I will vote. I will vote against every incumbent I possibly can, at least here in New York City. I want all of these council members gone. I know they're not. I don't think they're all up for uh, re-election or election or whatever. But uh, I don't like literally any of them. They're like two I like on Staten Island, and the rest uh, totally stink. And unfortunately, they have real power, and it's a joke of a legislature, um, almost as bad as Ewick Adams, the mayor. So problem there. Uh, there are a couple of referendums I got to vote on. You got to vote on. Uh, Look, <clears throat> this is one of those elections that I, uh, I, uh, I've blown off in the past, but no more because I am a totally civically engaged citizen, and we have to be. We have to vote. We have to give money. We have to raise money. We have to post on social media. We have to write letters. We have to read. We have to do whatever the hell it is we can. Edmund Burke, oh boy, what is that quote he said? Even if you can do a little, do it, because um, there would it would be no greater sin for somebody who could do nothing because they could only do a little, right? Oh, what can I do? I, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy. I, 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 you know, what can I do? I can't do anything. Yes, you can do something. And uh, just because you're not Donald Trump doesn't mean you don't have something very, very powerful to give. And remember, I love this. A thousand people giving one dollar is a thousand times better than one guy giving a thousand bucks. It really is. It's just so much more powerful. And there is a premium. The, the, the political pros recognize that, that you got to be uh, the small donors. That's where the real power is with the small donors, not the fat cats. And the fat cats are almost always wrong, just like they are <laughs> DeSantis. Oh, man. Didn't anybody, uh, I don't know, have a cup of coffee with him first and realize mm, this guy is, uh, mm, how shall I say this? Uh, incompetent when it comes to politics okay he meets somebody he immediately turns them off and you got to be somewhat good at that all right so i do know one election that's pretty important well there are two actually there's the uh, virginia house of delegates i know i don't really cover that i'm not on the edge of my seat but i'm told that um a number of seats are up for grabs and if republicans win it that means they'll have the state house they'll have the legislature that's good and the other one i'm pulling for this guy daniel cameron in kentucky He's the state attorney general. Uh, he's running for governor. He's a Republican. He's running against the incumbent uh, brochure, brochure, something like that, the Democrat. Now, this is why I like uh, Daniel Cameron. Really, I didn't know that much about him other than this RNC speech that he gave in 2020. He was He happens to be black. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's not part of the appeal. It actually is. It actually is. You know, would I be jumping up and down about uh, some other, uh, you know, unfortunately, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. Anyway, this is where I am. And when someone of his background, of his ability speaks like this, you know what? It gets my attention. I hope it gets the nation's attention. And I really hope he wins tonight. Daniel Cameron, uh, he's running for governor in Kentucky. Go ahead, listen to this. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, 
if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black, who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Joe Biden is a backwards thinker in a world that is craving forward-looking leadership. There's no wisdom in his record or plan, just a trail of discredited ideas and offensive statements. Hello, anybody? Huh? Huh? Is that gold or what? Spot on. Spot on. Daniel Cameron happens to totally look great. And uh, let's see what else about him. I don't really know that much about him. He's a lawyer, of course, running for att- he's attorney general now. He's running for state office. And uh, tell you what, that kind of straightforward approach. He also was a truth teller during that whole Breonna Taylor situation. And um, I like it. You know what? It kind of goes against. Um, you know, I don't want to judge anybody based on anything that they look like, but I quite frankly give him extra points. I do. Is that wrong? I guess possibly it is. But, you know, we're having such a ludicrous conversation about race, and he's actually saying some very responsible, thought-provoking, important things that very few people are uttering, white or black. So good for him. Good for that guy. I hope he wins. Apparently it's an uphill fight. Uh, it shouldn't be because uh, there should be a referendum on um, on Joe Biden. Hey, the um, anything else about the election? Seriously, I uh, it's kind of a chill day in a way. Um, you know who Amy Cooper is? The Central Park Karen. You ever hear about this story? Poor woman. She was out in the park walking her dog, and this maniac creep known to all the people in the park, uh, comes around and starts hassling her and threatening her, telling her she's got to put her dog on a leash. Well, in this one part of the park, you're actually allowed to not have your dog on a leash. So this guy starts to say some very creepy things to her, really weird. You know, I'm going to do something to you. I'm going to do something to your dog if you don't put him on a leash. Just strange stuff. You don't threaten somebody's dog. You threaten somebody's dog that's like threatening a, a, a child, especially in New York with these, uh, you know, people feel like their pets and animals are basically children. And um, the whole world had a knee-jerk reaction to this case. Now, why am I talking about it? Because it happened three years ago during the weekend of Black Lives Matter summer. That started George Floyd. She's updating everybody, you know, how unfair this was. She wrote for the Newsweek magazine. And I think she's fantastic. I'm sorry. She put up with so much. So many lies have been told about this woman. Yeah, let's see here. Here's the actual footage. Okay, remember, she's walking around with her dog and this crazy guy who has creeped out so many different women in the park uh, because he's a bird watcher, but he's always in everybody's business. And you don't see this in the videotape. But he admits on Facebook that he said all kinds of crazy, weird, creepy things and tried to lure the woman's dog away from her. You don't see any of that. You don't hear any of that. All you know is that this woman is terrified. And what does she do? She makes the mistake of calling a black man a black man. Right? She's like, 
I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm calling the cops on you, and I'm gonna say that there's a black man threatening me. Well, which was totally true. It's totally, 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 totally true. But you can't, right? Right? We have a weirdo, politically correct, backwards culture, upside down world, and you can't say something like that. Why not? Why not? Could you say? Could a black person have said of, of a white man? Sure. That's the first thing they're gonna ask you when you call nine one one. Listen to this. This is in the park. Uh, cut twenty nine. Please stop. Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm going to tell them there's an African She's about to get on the phone with the 911 people. I'm sorry, I'm in the Ramble, and there is a man, African American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African American man, I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my. I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the Ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the Ramble. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's see here. Let me tell you all the stuff that he said off camera that you can't see, that he actually admits to saying, and yeah, the uh, the media ignored it. He goes home after this little thing and says, I met this uh, person, a white Karen, in the park, and she didn't have her uh, dog on a leash. So here's what happened. And he writes a little transcript. Me, ma'am, dogs in the ramble have to be on a leash at all times. The sign is right there. Her, the dog runs are closed. He needs his exercise. Me, all you have to do is take him to the other side of the drive, outside the ramble. You can let him run off the leash all you want. Her, it's too dangerous. Me, look, if you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. Her, what's that? Me, to the dog. Come here, puppy. He won't come to you. We'll see about that. I pull out the treats I carry for just such intransigence. I didn't even get a chance to toss any treats to the pooch before Karen scrambled to grab the dog. Her, don't you touch my dog. That's when I started video recording with my iPhone. And when her inner Karen fully emerged and took a dark turn, you bloody creep. What are you? You you want to join the dog patrol? You know what he reminds me of? Uh, Dennis Rader. Anybody remember that name? The BTK, bind, torture, kill, uh, serial murderer in Wichita, Kansas. You know what he was on? He was on the dog patrol. He was on the silly dog patrol. He took it way too seriously, was terrorizing the neighborhood. This is what this guy's doing. So she has been totally and completely canceled. And it's so unfair because, uh, well, she didn't deserve it. And nobody, including the New York Times, ever pointed out what the hell he said. They later, when I started calling him out on it, they uh, they updated their websites ever so discreetly because they knew that they had totally screwed over this woman to the point that I think she has a, a lawsuit. OK, you want to hear this? This is her version of it. All right. I love this lady. I'm sorry. She's been through a lot. Oh, just so you know. You heard what she did and you heard what she said. She didn't use the N-word, okay? All right? She didn't, right? She stated a fact. You know what happened to the Birdman? The Birdman uh, dog-watching Nazi? 
he got himself a TV show. Let's see here. This is a promo. It's not just some, it's not a YouTube show. <laughs> it's not something he's doing uh, with his friends. It's on Discovery, uh, National Geographic, and it's done in ex- coordination with Disney+. Plus. And this jerk is a, uh, a professional birder, and he goes on adventures all over the world. Listen to this. Cut 28. This is the creep from the park. She gets canceled. He gets a TV show. His name is Christian Cooper. Cut 28. I'm Christian Cooper, and I am a birder. I'm ready for some birds. Show me the feathers. Birds are essential to my way of seeing the world and loving the world. Birds are my thing. This is where the fun begins. Now I'm traveling the globe to explore the world of birds. She's not going to be nice to you. She's going to try to bite you. This is dangerous. I have to ask you, Chris, are you afraid of heights? Oh, boy. Release the birds. Bye-bye. Birding is about seeing the bird in its natural habitat on its terms. We have the ability to make things better for the other creatures we share the planet with. You did really well, fella. Wow. We have that power. All we have to do is put our minds to it. So Christian Cooper threatens a lady and gets a TV show, and the lady gets canceled, and she's still going through agony. More on this very important moment. It's an important moment. Hey, did you see Alina Haba? Trump's attorney, she is on fire. What a great lady. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Just incredible what happened to this lady. Just incredible. Everything about her life turned upside down because she got into an argument with somebody. She happens to be white. He happens to be black. She mentioned his race in not a pejorative way, in a matter-of-fact way. And she lost everything. And this guy got a freaking TV show and is traveling the world. I'm sorry. Everybody's got to be careful out there. But if you are a white woman and you're operating off of the um, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s playbook, you go, girl. You know, stick up for yourself, right? All that stuff. Watch out. Watch the hell out. You better... uh, Keep your head down and get in line and vote Democrat. No, I'm not saying that that, that, that's the message. That's the message from the left. And unfortunately, they have tried to, uh, I think, coerce women into voting and behaving a certain way. And uh, I think they should be independence and sticking up for yourself. Isn't that a good thing? Don't we want that? It's just heartbreaking. I mean, I can't I still can't believe it. All right. I'm going to have to come back to that, however, because we have um, the manifesto from that crazy shooter down there in nashville looks like it's totally legit it is about uh, white supremacy and this white woman hates uh, white people um she thinks she's going after white supremacy and she hates all these white little kids that she's uh, about to kill it's totally disgusting audrey hale is her name now obviously um demented and oh, by the way, trans, so that's already a mental health issue right there. I guess uh, the she wanted to be a he, right? So uh, she has this journal. It's called the Death Journal. It's a death journal, and she talks about how she's going to uh, kill as many as she can, and I hope I get all those little crackers. It's ugly, ugly stuff. Just a couple of pages of it. We think that there are volumes and volumes of, uh, of uh, notebooks that she wrote. 
and the the trans thing was also something that was on her mind that day. I just wonder though, if you have a, a you know a mentally unstable person, and you're hearing these kinds of messages from all facets of the media, all facets of our culture, all institutions, and even the president of the United States pushing crap and poison like this, what would it do to somebody who's really susceptible to uh, suggestion, right? Somebody who's mentally ill. What would this do? Cut 25, please. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. And white supremacists will not have the last word. And this venom and violence cannot be the story of our time. Enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. According to the United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison running through. See how he's talking down America and talking up white supremacy as if it's a thing when it's not a thing. You know how many people were arrested, white supremacy terrorists in 2020? How many? Two. Nationwide. Two. One, two. You think President Xi's running around talking down his country, right? Creating myths and dangerous lies about his own country. How about Putin? Even the worst people in the world don't do it, but Joe does for a craven political gain. Bad, bad guy, and his days are numbered. Everybody knows it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I think that... uh, that Trump, Trump is fantastic. He's got a great, great legal team, including Alina Haba. Very, uh, very alluring. Hubba Hubba. Uh, even James Flippin noticed. <laughs> Cut five, please. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. That was what rang true, loud, and could not have been more honest coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar call the company fraudulent and make a name for herself. Yep, that's the uh, that's the playbook. That's what's going down. I think anybody who looks at uh, what's her name again, Tisha Tish Tish James for 2 minutes knows that she is an imbecile. And all that crazy stuff she said during the campaign and the racist stuff too. Pale, male and stale. If you're pale, male and stale, go home. I'm pale, I guess, male, right? That's me. That's you too, James Flippin. That's true. You may be LGBTQ, but uh, you're also pale male. And stale. And uh, arguably stale. (laughs) And just like Scott Stringer, that schmuck, he's just standing there while she's saying all this stuff. It applies to you, you jerk. And I guess it did, didn't it, right? Because you were 
I'll give this to Scott Stringer. He was definitely more qualified to be mayor than Ewick Adams, right? We're out here playing. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's being I'm going on. to Turkey again. Wait. All right. What is up with him in Turkey, by the way? Yeah, pretty bizarre. I mean, did you see this most recent story from the New York Post that he was actually in a movie a few years ago while he was Brooklyn Borough president where he played himself and he interacted with two Turkish men who asked him for political favors? Again, in the movie. In the movie? Yeah. Hey, do you guys have that little clip I sent you about uh, Eric Adams going on and on and on about Turkey? I mean, why the hell would he care so much about Turkey? Uh, it's just a bizarre, you know, there's no real relevance. I mean, we there are 180 countries in the world. Why is he so focused on Turkey? And public event after public event, he talks about the, the tight economic relate. I mean, Turkey's fine, I guess, although I saw Midnight Express once. I don't know. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's about a Turkish person. Be careful. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, I've heard of that. (laughs) All right. So what's going on in terms of Election Day, James Flippin? Well, you know, there's some uh, New York City Council races that we're keeping an eye on. One of them in particular is the Queens District 19, in which you have incumbent Republican City Councilwoman Vicky Palladino going up against the challenger, Democrat Tony Avella. And Tony Avella, that guy is weird. He's been around forever. He has no personality whatsoever. Strange character. He ran for mayor against Bloomberg. I like Vicky. She's a tough as nails broad. You know, let's face it, right? She's tough as nails. And I don't think she'd mind if I called her a broad. She's a tough broad. And uh, is she going to win? Well, I mean, it's it's considered to be one of the closest uh, elections. I've been to Whitestone. There's no Democrats in Whitestone. Are there? I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't know that any of this polling or, you know, prognostication really has any bearing on because it's all about whoever goes out to vote. Right. Well, I mean, I see your callers saying get out the vote. Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, who has the better people getting out there? Today. Yeah. Get the hell out there and vote for Vicky Palladino wherever you live. I mean, if you live in the district, you got to live in the district, of course, get out there and vote for her. In my opinion, I like her. I'm not formally endorsing anybody. I think there's some sort of rule about that. I can't do that. Although, if I were voting in that district, I would definitely vote for Vicky Palladino. However, that's not an endorsement. All right? There's a difference. Uh, okay, so anything else? Yeah, Brooklyn District 47 is considered really close. What the, where the hell is uh, that? That's Bensonhurst, Coney Island, Gravesend, and Seagate. And that's where you have Democratic Councilman Justin Brannon going up against Republican Councilman uh, Ari Kagan. So, I've heard enough. I like Ari Kagan. They're competing for this newly redrawn district, basically. This is a way to get Republicans out. This is what they do. They play a game like this, and they're trying to screw over. What's his name again? Ari Ari Kagan. Yeah. We got to get out there and support Ari Kagan as well. All right? Uh, Seriously. Uh, Who else? All right. So then what about out on Long Island? You've got the uh, race between County Executive Democrat Dave Colon running in hopes of bringing a different skill set. to Vote for George Santos. Is he up for re-election yet? Well, he's not, actually. This is Republican Ed Romaine, who's hoping to uh, bring more experience and leadership to the race. So you've got... I'm sorry, but what job does he want? This is for Suffolk County Executive. Oh, that's right. Ballone is uh, term limited. He's done. He's got to leave. Uh, He's been county executive for the past 12 years. So it's going to be either Democrat Dave Colon or Republican Ed Romaine. They're running for that seat, that Suffolk County executive seat. Go with the Republican, whoever that, what's his name again? Romaine? Ed Romaine. I hope everybody gets out and vote. Not that I'm a Republican. I'm not, but I just can't stand uh, the Democrat Party where they are. 
I mean, the Republicans are also annoying me. You know what I am? MAGA. Make America great again. It's not really a political party in, in many ways. Constitution, we believe in it. We believe in borders. We believe in not getting into unnecessary wars. Uh, what? We believe in law and order. Uh, we believe in immigration as long as it's legal. Uh, what the hell else do we believe in? Uh, the sanctity of life, but we understand that there are have to be reasonable exceptions made for rape and incest and uh, a couple of other, and what else? What are, what are, my, what are my other political philosophies? Oh, um, uh, taxation's out of control. I really do like the flat tax. Anybody ever hear of the flat tax? It's like 8.5%. Uh, Steve Forbes came up with it. Everybody pays the same rate. No more, uh, everybody would do their taxes on a on a postcard. But I read somewhere that like if that were to be carried forward, the entire country would just be like left with all these people that don't have a job anymore, like all these people that work in the IRS and all these people that do tax preparation. Isn't that a and- shame? <laughs> all those IRS people. Oh, boy. They have all those guns now and all those bullets. What would they do? They could join the army. I don't know. Get out there and stop hassling people. I mean, look, you need some of that in government. You do. But it's gotten totally out of hand. A hundred years ago, a hundred and... Ten years ago, we had no IRS. We had a minuscule tax rate. This is insane. Half your freaking money going to somebody else, right? And I... <laughs> it's not like the other stuff's cheap either. You still got to pay for all your other stuff, you know, insurance most of the time, getting your commute going. It's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. And there's no real justification for it in the, all these things that we have created that are not in the Constitution. And I think we have to radically, dramatically pare down uh, the federal government. It is, it's insane. And uh, I think a lot of people agree with me on that, right? Uh, that's probably true, especially in this area where the cost of living is so high. All right. What else? Anything else? Uh, well, let's see. In New Jersey, all of the state senators and state assembly members are up for election. That's 120 seats. And something that's kind of like, you know, a, a ballot issue for New Jersey. I don't think it's actually directly on the ballot as like a voting line. But this whole issue of parental rights in K through 12 education is really driving people out to the polls in New Jersey. And it connects back to this thing we've talked about on your show before, Greg, where, you know, parents are not to be informed if their child wants to change their gender identity. I can't believe that this is the law of the land in New Jersey. I got to do more to stir up the pot and get that freak Murphy uh, the hell out. Is He's probably traveling somewhere. He's probably on vacation again. He's probably in Japan or Canada. I mean, he's a nut job. Man, Cedarelli would have been so good. So, so good. All right. So uh, just one last thing in New Jersey. Remember the truck driver, Ed Durr? No. who won in an upset fashion in South Jersey a couple of years ago. Yes, I do. Actually, I interviewed him once. What about him? He's running for re-election. So, um, you got to get out there and support Ed Durr. How do you spell his name? Ed, D-U-R-R. Edward Durr. He won. He like only did a... You know what I'm looking at right now? Audrey Hale, that crazy um, mass murderer at that school. And there's barely a peep. You know, the New York Times wrote about her manifesto. And did not say one word about its racism, that it was racist against white people. What did they say? Just that it exists and that conservatives were talking oh, about yeah. it. You right. know, conservatives. Mm-hmm. And that there was a backlash. And then they say, well, the families don't want it public. Well, number one, uh, don't fall for that. All right. You know, the family, you can always find a family to say what you want. Right. There are I think there are, what, 12 families, 14 families. Right. And then those they have extended family. 
That's a microcosm of America. You right. can find Trump supporters. You can find Biden supporters. You can find pro-gun, anti-gun, pro-trans, anti-trans, right? A lot of folks in the fake news and in the uh, politics, they hide behind family members. They hide behind the men and women of the uh, military, the men and women of law enforcement. It's usually just a cheap trick to avoid taking a stance or a responsibility. All right. Uh, we're still hoping for Kentucky. I want that Dan Cameron to win, Daniel Cameron. Hey, I'm looking at Israel right now. Uh, Trey Yingst has taken off his uh, helmet and also his uh, his flak jacket. He's just wearing a regular leather jacket. Have things calmed down there right now? Not really. I think I mean, not that I've heard. I mean, I, I know that the ground troops have made a better advance into Gaza. But. Here's something you don't hear about. You don't even hear the word hostages. Hostages. Yeah. When's the last time you've heard the word hostage? I know, uh, you know, Bibi Netanyahu has said that he'd be open to little pauses if, in fact, it meant getting back some hostages. He won't entertain the notion of a, you know, diplomatic ceasefire until the hostages are returned. So let's see if o- him. let's see if Obama says anything about hostages here. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. You can't speak the truth. You can pretend to speak the truth. You can speak one side of the truth. And in some cases, you can try to maintain your moral innocence, but that won't solve the problem. And so if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree, now, I think the guy who arranged the nuclear deal with Iran is probably most complicit. That would be Barack Obama. Nobody's hands are clean here. What about the babies? What about the children? What about the women? What about the old ladies? Right? I think their hands are completely clean. You can't forget what Hamas did. And too many have. And my God, these people who are tearing down the posters of the missing, what's wrong with them? They're haters. A lot of this does stem from um, the Black Lives Matter nonsense, right? Anything perceived to be non-white, person of color, is somehow cool, is somehow elevated. And the way a lot of these hipsters view this stuff, you got the uh, non-white Palestinians and the white Jews. That's part of it. That's mm-hmm. part of that's part oh, yeah. of the, 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 this sick kind of dialogue that's happening below the surface or even above the surface. All right. We, you rooting for Daniel Cameron in uh, Kentucky? You don't know who that guy is. I'm not that <laughs> familiar with that race, no. You want to hear it one more time because this guy is fantastic, all right? Remember this name, Daniel Cameron. We want him to win bad. Uh, go ahead. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Joe Biden is a backwards thinker in a world that is craving forward-looking leadership. There's no wisdom in his record or plan, just a trail of discredited ideas and offensive statements. Spot on. Daniel Cameron, attorney general uh, from Kentucky. 
Uh, we hope he becomes governor. He may be governor uh, 9 o'clock tonight. When do the polls close? When do the polls close in Kentucky? Uh, Kentucky, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> New Jersey, I know, is 8 o'clock. New York, 9. <sighs> All right. I will vote. So should you. I know it's not as much fun to vote in an election like this, but uh, I I preach it, so I got to do it, and I will, even though, uh, yeah, it's going to be a hassle. But, hey, the uh, those guys at Valley Forge, Right, those guys at Iwo Jima. The most I can do is take a. This is your sacrifice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and a lot of other things too. Actually, I got to get with it. There is a no. There, there. We all should sacrifice and do more. All right, no more football. No more Real Housewives. No more uh, The Bachelor. Did you know on The Bachelor? Get this. That show debuted in two thousand two. Okay. They did not have a black contestant. Until 2019, which is the way they do TV now. That's season 25. And now Disney and TV, right? It's all, you know, God forbid they have a straight white couple, right? Everybody, it's 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 just the gorgeous mosaic. And everybody's got, you know, everybody's, and it's overcompensation. Because if I were running the, uh, the Bachelor TV show in 2002 and 2003 and 2004, I would have noticed, excuse me. Uh, you're only having white people. I don't understand. And because people who were, did not grow up in elite media or aspire to elite media stuff, right? They play sports, manual labor, work at the grocery store, join the military, right? Guess what happens there? You meet people from all walks of life. You meet people, right? And, uh, so the people get it. The elites don't as usual. Thank you, James. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, let's do a little whip around. Max, hello in Manhattan. Yeah. Yes, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, concerning the dog problem in Central Park. I never said uh, there was a dog problem in Central Park. Well, I, can I phrase it that way? I go to Central Park all the time. What's the problem with the dogs? Well, uh, first of all, you have this woman who's being stigmatized. I don't think she should be stigmatized. I agree with you with that. But you have a lot of people. You have people who don't keep their dogs on the leash, and when a runner runs by, the the dog can s- runs viciously after him and snips at the ankles. Not all the time. Hey, listen, we got much bigger time. problems than dogs in the park. Have you seen these maniacs on the bike going fifty miles per hour, and the motorbikes and the e-bikes and everything like that? Have you seen that? Those are the re- that's the menace, don't you think? That is part of the problem. That is a big problem. But the thing with the dog problem, I think you're ignoring the, the fact that dogs will viciously come up to you and start barking. Eh, no dog. I've never seen a vicious dog in a, I'm, I'm a vicious dog. A vicious dog in the park, in Central Park. It's Central Park. They're all fancy dogs, poodles and stuff like that. They're all nice Great. dogs. Sometimes they're, I miss the big dogs. You know, those big sloppy, you know, I don't know, labs or whatever. Too many little designer dogs what's up with you and the dogs you don't like dogs no I, in fact i love dogs very much but um well then I, relax the owner, what's that you should relax just pet the dog and move on i'm relaxing very much so no i mean when you're in the park these dogs aren't vicious maybe you're conveying a sense of fear no no it's not that this, this doesn't happen to me i see it mostly with runners that the dogs go after the runners you know what dude i uh was running in a park every day for 18 months and that never went let me think did it ever happen to me maybe once i got barked at once but it was you know over in a year and a half it happened to me once how often does it happen to you 
What time of the day do you go out? Uh, that's my business. Well, I mentioned it because early in the morning is when uh, they're letting their dogs off the leash, and when they come up to you barking... All right, dude, we got bigger problems, all right? They're about to take our country, all right? We got trans uh, daytime story hour with the kids. They're trying to lock up our president. All right, we can we can, we can can hang with those dogs a little bit. Max, I appreciate it, though. I'm sorry to jump all over you. Let's see here. Jeff in Queens. Hi, Ray Schmier. It's like being at like a like a like a like a Thanksgiving table, and the story goes around, and you called in because you wanted to talk about something. Yeah, but Jeff, the I, uh, I uh, I'm going to have to get back to you on this one. I th- uh, well, uh, all right. Finish your thought, Schmier, But no, but my thing is, my thing is, where are all the well, the people, there's everybody supporting Amish Pukish. In, in I don't know what you mean. You're using words, I'm Amish Pukish. I don't know if I want to know that mean. What does that mean? People that, my Jewish people that always I grew up with, okay? Because if you grew up in Long Island, you had at least seven out of ten of your, your best friends were Jewish. And now these people are running around and telling, kill Jewish people and going up to colleges where are my Italian buddies? Where are my Irish buddies? Because we're all hey, uh, Je- uh, we're, we're all over the place, man. We're all I don't know. I mean, seven out of ten. Where did you live? Seven out of ten people in your neighborhood were I guess Great Neck and certain communities like that. Uh, we didn't have that many Jews actually in Garden City, but there was a synagogue. My friend Brad, he was Jewish. I was kind of, uh, but anyway, Jeff. All right, hang in there, man. We're gonna we support Israel uh, unequivocally. All right. We're all in for Israel and we hate the terrorists. And this is a fight between good and evil. Right, Sandra? Yes, Greg, you're right. So I want to say two things. I went to vote this morning and I was very disappointed and unfulfilled. What happened? Unfulfilled? Are you unfulfilled? Why are you? How are you unfulfilled? How did you want to be fulfilled by voting? Well, I wanted to at least pick one Republican. There was not one name on my side to pick. So I had to just write Michael Baruch maybe to go on the school board. So that was that. So then I spoke to J- uh, Jack Cedarelli, and he said he's going to hook me up with the right Republicans so maybe I can become a pollster. Look at you. You know, you, you, know, you, you know the next governor. I love it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Excuse me. Mm-mm-mm. Nothing like hard candy. I've been laying off candy for a while, but I'm back. It's back in my life just a little bit, just today, just today. Just hard candy, none of the gelatin uh, gummy stuff that I that I like. Um, you hear what Mike Johnson, the new speaker, he is a great guy. I love this dude. Um, a breath of fresh air. He's not a. <laughs> he's saying some really radical things like, I have a biblical worldview. You should see, did you see how everybody on the left went bananas? How could he say such a thing like that? And it's, he must be anti this, he must be anti that. He's a terrible guy because he has a biblical worldview. Uh, you know, up until about 10 minutes ago, it was like kind of, that was the default. Everybody kind of, at least, it just wasn't, it was kind of expected to some degree, to some degree, right? I mean, just about every public official, when they take the oath of office, puts their hand on a, on a Bible. I guess that changed 10 minutes ago. And now putting your hand on the Bible and saying that you are a uh, you have a biblical worldview is somehow code for hate speech. Code for hate speech. So he's getting a hard time. Even I see some Christians. There's this crazy guy named David French. 
I call him Frenchy. Uh, he is he is like the left's version of a conservative, and that is a uh, a person who's always ripping on conservatives. <laughs> a Republican who's always making fun and tearing down uh, conservatives. And he said, and this guy, his also his other claim to fame is, I'm a Christian and I write for the New York Times. I notice he's just all he does is assail other Christians for not being Christian the way he thinks they should be. Uh, including Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson never should have said that the Bible <laughs> is his uh, worldview. Never should have said that. I mean, give me a break. You know what? At least the Bible got a plug. All right? Isn't, the, isn't it okay to plug the Bible a little bit? And even that Fox News, even Fox News and all their phony self, it's phony. You know, they're just playing America. And I'm sorry. You know, again, I don't. I love everybody, but I don't have to like everybody. And something really bothers me about that Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday. She is, um, I don't know, it's all about, oh, look at how fair I am. And if I do the show this way, we'll have Democrats. We have Democrats and Republicans on this show. So she uh, does this kind of weird neutrality thing. And you would think that Mike Johnson wouldn't get his chops busted about the Bible over there at uh, Fox News. But no, you'd be wrong. And instead of like, I'm sorry. I think she's just playing this a little bit too, uh, a little bit too neutral. Here's uh, Shannon Bream. Oh, by the way, you know what they never mentioned? Biden family corruption. Fox News doesn't talk. Fox News does not talk about the Biden check for forty thousand dollars from the sister-in-law to Joe Biden, or two hundred thousand dollars from Jim Biden to the to Joe Biden. They don't talk about this stuff. It's like it never happened because they don't want to antagonize the White House. Because Shannon Bream probably has very little to say. So she needs guests from both sides, and uh, you need that steady stream of Democrats, I guess, and uh, White House officials, because that makes the Sunday show seem like it's something, not the worthless enterprise that it is. Uh, So here she is with the speaker, and that biblical worldview, cut 23, please, cut 23. You've talked a lot about your faith. Um, you don't backtrack. You're not shy about that. You're bold about that. You said if people want to know that your worldview, go open up the Bible. You know that concerns a lot of people. Your critics are, are hearkening back to things um, that you've said about gay marriage, homosexuality, conversion therapy. They point to a definition in Christianity today of that, saying it's a belief that the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. Is that an accurate description of your view of how the government should function? No, I'm not even sure what the term means. And look, there are entire industries uh, built on taking down, tearing down people like me. All right. Am I nitpicking? A little bit. But I think a moment like that deserves um, a little bit more than just straight neutrality. Your critics say this. What do you say? The critics are evil. And coming from Shannon Bream was always running around with that Bible series, right? Books about the Bible. I've never read one of the books about the Bible. I prefer the Bible, but not saying it's without value. But, you know, you come with from that point of view to this. Cut 24, Shannon Bream selling books. You can join a free online Bible study that will work through the Women of the Bible Speak workbook to look at four different women in the Advent weeks leading up to Christmas. Mm, just in time for Christmas. Join for free, but I, I have a feeling i got to buy something at some point, right? I just can't rem- I can't imagine reading a book about the women of the Bible or the men of the Bible, right? Isn't the Bible the Bible, right? You're going to take one little, whatever, it works. I mean, there are all kinds of books out there, I guess, and that's fine. 
I just, I guess I was expecting a little bit more out of somebody like that. And uh, also a little bit more out of Fox News. You know, they uh, they hate Trump. So they're always holding their nose when it comes to uh, the Donald, aren't they? I am not hearing enough about the hostages. So let's do this right now. Uh, there were some folks on Capitol Hill, and they spoke about their family members who were being held hostage. Hostage, hostage, hostage. They've forgotten the hostages. Well, we haven't. We won't cut 18. This is a call for action. And this is a wake-up call, not only for Israel, not only for the Jewish community. This is a wake-up call for all of you. All of you here, all of America, all of Europe. You are next. You are next. And we should do everything that we can to stop these atrocities to come and ever again. We need to remember 7th of October and do whatever that we can to stop this. 7th of October, one month ago today. I didn't realize, one month ago today. Do you remember where you were? I remember I was reading a book all morning long, and uh, which is not a uh, typical <laughs> Saturday morning experience and uh, into the afternoon. And I was so absorbed with this book, and uh, but I had no idea what had happened. And then I, I, I became aware. And um, a month ago, a month ago, how about that one? All right. Uh, at this point in the program, we must hear from the, one more time, the great Alina Haba. Cut six, please. Cut six. What I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says He's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him. Before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition, you taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. She said that she and Michael Cohen we're going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Wow. Talk about, <laughs> I don't know, that's great stuff. Anointed. Alina Haba, President Trump's attorney, on fire and good for her. One more, cut seven. All the DAs and corrupt AGs need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country. Good for her. She is. I, I just love her. And uh, she's not wrong at all. It's funny. She said that. Tish James did. 
Donald Trump and his administration too male, too pale, and too uh, stale. Um, Joe Biden did say that if you ain't, if you don't know if you're voting for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You know what's hard to find? <laughs> these statements on the internet. They've been washed. The, uh, these are deleted because they are highly embarrassing now in retrospect. And you can't find this stuff very, very easily at all. You got to hunt, you got to uh, go all over the place. And curiously, I had a hard time finding, and I think this is, well, I'm sorry, but these guys are heroes. Those two cops down in Nashville, we have the manifesto from Audrey Hale, right? Well, that makes me think of, uh, this is that woman who shot up that poor Catholic school and all those little kids, and her manifesto suggests that she was an anti-white racist, happens to be trans as well, and that seems to have figured into her uh, maniacal plans and actions. Well, how about this? When the cops busted in and did the right thing and took her out. Listen to this. Cops just pulling up. Kids are all locked down, but we have two kids that we don't know where they are. Okay. Okay? Yes, ma'am. He's getting his stuff together, putting the uh, magazine in. Lock and loaded. Stop it for a second. You know what's really cool here? He shows up in his cop car, gets out, gets his gun. He's walking, not running. Now, you could be like, well, why isn't he running? Because he's assessing the situation. You know, you got to know where you're running toward before you start running. He was very cool, but he's also working very, very deliberately and efficiently. Keep going. Hey. Give me, give me three. Let's get three. Let's go. Let's go. I need three. One more. Let's go. Metro Police. Awesome! They're going through room by room. They're clearing each classroom. Next, let's go. Door, door, with me, with me. This is the body cam of Rex Engelberg. Now, take this door, take it. Wow. All right, stop. I, You know what? Death and destruction is a horrible thing. Sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Those cops were awesome. The professionalism, the bravery, and they had no other choice. And we know now from the manifesto that that's what she was banking on. She knew she was going to be shot and killed. That was her plan, and she wanted to kill as many children. Can you imagine that? As quickly as possible. And you know what? Joe Biden and his toxic lies, they played a role here. They really did. Talking the way he does about America, about racism, playing it up, blowing it up. 
creating a false narrative. I think some blood is actually on his hands. One moment. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, you know, you start living long enough and then you start hearing about friends dying. You hear a lot of people dying in their 40s and 50s now. And is it vaccine related? You wonder, you start to wonder. I know we don't have the final word on um, uh, Matthew Perry. We don't know yet. However, he was playing a lot of pickleball. And he had heart issues, and some are theorizing that uh, getting in the hot tub wasn't all that good, but I don't know. Um, it's tough. I just uh, lost a friend of mine, Sean Godley. Uh, I flew Harriers with him. Great guy, incredibly charismatic, funny. Uh, Sean Godley, his nickname was Pagan. I forgot why we called him Pagan. Um he died the other day in Kansas. He was working there post-military. He was a military contractor. Um, great career as a um, Harrier pilot and then worked for the airlines for a time and then was helping out a pretty sensitive military contract he had at uh, Fort Leavenworth. You heard about Fort Leavenworth. They got the military jail there, but they also have the great command and staff college where they groom future leaders of the military. We're not grooming them very well lately. Millie and the rest, but um, it's a great institution. Eisenhower graduated number one from the Command and Staff College, and that's when they realized, hmm, this guy Eisenhower, we thought he was mediocre, but actually he's, uh, hmm, we've got to keep our eye on him. So anyway, very sorry to hear about my uh, my buddy, uh, Sean Godley, Pagan, rest in peace. Uh, Kathy Hochul, a hysterical woman, we haven't heard uh, from her in a while. She's keeping a low profile because uh, she doesn't want to take responsibility for anything. Uh, hiding out in Israel, places like that. Cut nine, please. Cut nine. Today, just a few blocks from where we are, we're hoping that the truth comes out about a fraudster, an imposter, someone who allegedly lied about all his business holdings over an entire lifetime. Former President Donald Trump is testifying in an unprecedented civil trial brought by our own Attorney General, Tish James. So far from telling the truth, as he's required to do, He's throwing temper tantrums from the witness stand and verbally attacking judges and courtroom staff. You know, she has a job to do. There's actually some governing involved in being a governor. And she has no interest in it because she has no ability uh, and she can't really do anything that her husband and her cronies, uh, you know, she needs to receive instructions before she actually does anything. And in the meantime, she just loves wearing that silly governor jacket and flying on those uh, planes and feeling like a big shot. I saw her once at Belmont Park. Uh, she had 80 security guards, 80, eight zero security guards, village police, town police, state police, city police. It was it was a joke. Those comments right there, you know, there are people in this state. Granted, yeah, it's a blue state, but about 40 3% of them love Trump. Go upstate, Broome County, Wyoming County. That's Trump country, baby. Yeah, I know you're from Buffalo. What a dimwit. How did that happen? Oh, yeah, Cuomo. <laughs> you know, that's the uh, dirty little secret about these guys. They don't want anybody qualified uh, for these number two spots. They want somebody very, very mediocre. Remember that, Adam? Hello? Hello? How you doing? You're on the air. I know. 
I'm listening to you rant about hopeful. So uh, what do you got for uh, me? I got a couple of things. Quick, I'm up oh, against that, a break. Lawyer, all right. That lawyer Trump got, Harbor. Yeah. You know, she's a garbage. Because she's not going to do nothing to win the case. Adam, stop she, it. You know what? I just told garbage. Garbage. It's a beautiful woman. Incredibly articulate and smart. The whole damn case is a setup. Garbage. Take that back. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mm. All right, again, heads up, white women. You are supposed to behave in a non-aggressive, compliant way. Otherwise, the uh, fake news may come after you and uh, try to destroy your life. Absolutely no exaggeration. Zero. None. I wish I was exaggerating. Sometimes, you know, there's a little hype in uh, commentary and news reporting, right? This is not hype at all. Um, If you happen to be a white woman and you find yourself at odds with a person of color, God help you, because there's a good chance, because everything's under surveillance this, uh, these days, right? Somebody's going to whip out a camera and make you a star on the Internet, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what actually happened. It's the way somebody just frames it. It's the little caption. This made the nighttime news. The, what's that big show over there on ABC? ABC World News Tonight with David Muir. You think David Muir sounded like this when he was a kid? You know, or does he sound like this when he's not on air? You'll hear his voice. Uh, He's got that hair. He spends a lot of time looking in the mirror and at the tanning bed, probably. Listen to the intensity of his voice, right? And think about what he's actually, listen to what he's saying is at the same time. Like, from this desk, World News Tonight, this is where Peter Jennings talked about the the Berlin Wall coming down, right? This is where... um, it was before Peter Jennings. Uh, Frank Reynolds talked about man walking on the moon. And now we have uh, we have this. <laughs> Cut 30. This evening from St. Louis, a confrontation caught on video. A white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Stop! Followed- <laughs> One more time in case you missed. A white woman blocked a black man from entering a building she didn't she lived there she did not know who this guy was according to most condos that i've lived in you're not supposed to let strangers in the building this could be on her this is national news david muir the pretty boy it doesn't matter just give him a script he'll read the dumb thing as long as he gets to uh get paid and keep combing that hair one more time and i'm gonna let it go a little bit further this time this evening from St. Louis, a confrontation caught on video. A white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. She followed him into the elevator, and you're about to hear what she said and how he responded. Here's Lindsay Davis. Oh, my God. Please move, ma'am. The video reeks of a recurring phenomenon. I can. Do you live here? This time in St. Louis, Diarion Tolls was returning to his apartment Friday when he was confronted. All I'm living. asking is what unit. But you're not, I don't need to tell you that information, man. If you want to come into my building. It's not your building. You're not the owner. Millions have watched the Toll's cell phone footage. Ma'am, you're not security. You're not the property manager. You're not. I live here. Okay, and I live here too. I don't like the fact you have your phone in my face. Okay, I don't like the fact that you're blocking me for where I pay. All I'm live. asking is what unit. When he ultimately moved past Hillary Mueller. No. Excuse me. No. Excuse me. 
Are you kidding me? Where are you going? She gets in the elevator with him. I want to know who you're going to see. And follows him. You just follow me all the way to my door. As a plan. And you see my keys in the door. Mueller has now been fired. Her former employer, Tribeca STL, saying the company never will stand for racism or racial profiling. Oh. And Lindsay with us here on the set tonight. And Lindsay <laughs> Wait, telling us that about 30 minutes after that whole scene played out, she then called police. She then called police. Toll says that police told him that she, f that she felt uncomfortable with him being there, even after she had seen the keys. But to Toll's credit, he says that he doesn't want people to bother Mueller. He says that he hopes that she'll be left in peace. We did reach out to her, but did not receive comment. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness gracious. Maybe the guy could have just said, instead of uh, being evasive, yeah, I'm new in the building. I just moved here. He would not provide any information whatsoever. I have a crazy hunch that sometimes white women in an apartment building with no doorman can feel somewhat vulnerable around a stranger. Instead of kind of being a decent human being saying, hey, yeah, yeah, I understand, I know. He did not have access to that building. He didn't have a key fob. He didn't have anything. You're supposed to. Whatever happened to being a neighbor? This is insane. This is totally, totally, totally. But it's not cr totally crazy either. This is a political plot to uh, make white women vote in a certain way. I find the whole damn thing disgusting. I hate that there are these trends and voter trends and just everything's about optics and what people look like. But here we are. Here we are. You remember that guy's the tone of that guy's voice? This is the smallest little story ever. Nobody cares. Nobody should care. And that goes for this um, Amy Cooper, the Central Park Karen as well. Listen to the fake news try to make this into a big deal you ready with that one all right oh i think the reporter is tj holmes the one who was fooling around with amy Rohrbach. she's no longer at gma he's no they're both gone but let's hear this report there's an african-american man threatening my life robin those are the exact words this woman used in a frantic manner on 911. And so much of the outrage you mentioned, Robin, that is there this morning has to do with what many people perceive as her attempt to threaten and weaponize the police against a black man. This on-camera confrontation making headlines overnight. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. You're hearing the voice of 57-year-old Chris Cooper, who says his request for this woman to keep her dog on a leash quickly escalated. Can I take pictures calling the cops? Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Once she's on the phone with 911, you can hear her tone change. There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park. He is recording me. How did it change? myself and my dog. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. Cooper says he was bird watching in Central Park just after 8 a.m. on Monday when he came across Stop! the woman with her dog. He was bird watching in the park at eight in the morning. Number one, this is a total Fruit Loop. Who's hanging around at bird watching? Ed Norton and this guy. The only two bird watchers I know in Central Park. All right, keep going. Unleashed against park rules. That's it. Against park rules. 
Well, anyway, her life is destroyed, and she wrote a big piece for Newsweek magazine that came out this morning. Are you ready for this? Slit your wrists, strangers texted me. If anyone deserves prison rape, it's you. People I had never met called me to say. The noble thing to do is remove yourself from society, so please kill yourself. I'm Amy Cooper, but you probably know me as Central Park Karen. You may not know my name, but you probably know my story. Yeah, President Obama even tweeted about it. Or at least the two-minute version of the story that was broadcast all over the world without key facts or context. You know what, Amy? I will say this. I was one I was one I was I think I was the only one broadcasting key facts and context. Give me a call sometime. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 give me a call sometime. Everyone believed and amplified one story. No, not everyone. Now I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> Sorry. That a white Central Park Karen called the police on an innocent black man, a bird watcher, because of the color of his skin. Today, I want you to read and understand the whole story, not just what the media told you. And after you assess both sides, please tell me, was my never-ending cancel culture sentence a just verdict? On May 25th, 2020, in the early days of the pandemic, when anxieties ran high, I took my dog, whom my life revolved around, for a walk. You know, that makes me kind of sad. It's true, especially with a lot of unmarried women in New York. Those dogs, right? I get it. I visited Central Park in the morning during the hours when dogs were allowed off-leash. On my way home, I chose to take an unfamiliar path, landing in the Ramble, a secluded area of Central Park. Seconds later, I heard a voice boom, Get out of here. You shouldn't be here. I saw a man who began yelling at me that my dog should be on his leash. Before recording me, Christian Cooper yelled out, If you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. Those were his exact words, words Christian admitted using on Facebook the very day of the incident. I was a female alone in a secluded area of Central Park with a man yelling at me and threatening me. As a victim of sexual assault in my late teens, I was completely panicked for my safety and well-being. Then Christian, who did not own a dog, bizarrely tried to lure my dog to him with treats, immediately raising a red flag. News stories of poisoned dogs quickly came to mind. My mama bear instincts kicked in. I immediately pulled my dog tight by his collar, fearing that something would happen to him. Acting from a place of panic and vulnerability, I told Christian that I was going to call the police and what I planned to say hoping that would be enough to dissuade him from his earlier threat. Instead, Christian taunted me to call the police. Seeing no other choice, I called 911 and described the man who was threatening me. But due to very spotty service in the park, I had to repeat my description of Christian multiple times. The 911 tape makes it very clear that the dispatcher could not hear me due to the poor connection. Yet this fact went unreported, skewing perceptions of my actions. There were never any racial implications to my words. I just felt raw fear and desperately wanted help. Later that day, Christian took to Facebook to proudly describe to his followers that he instigated the encounter and boasted that he keeps a bag of dog treats to lure in off-leash dogs. Consider that for a moment. He admitted to instigating the incident. I was not the first or only person Christian Cooper had threatened in the park. Jerome Lockett has stated that Christian also aggressively threatened him, luring in his dog. 
Jerome said he knows of two fellow dog owners who experience the same behavior from Christian, but they don't want to come forward because they are white and Christian is black. They fear being canceled, as I have been. None of this was reported. Stark omissions and coverage completely altered my life, and there is no correcting after the fact. I and others affected by this content could only live in the false, hateful narrative. As Christian's video went viral, my life as I knew it was over. All my personal information was released online. I received many hundreds of threatening graphic images, death threats, and hate mail, which continues to this day. My employer fired me after the incident without ever taking the time to learn the facts. Yeah, thanks a lot, jerks. Who's that? I got to find out that employer. Like that capital RX that got rid of Brianna Pinnix. I am the king of all Karens. I support you. You have been unfairly maligned and tarnished. Clearly in survival mode, my company released a strong statement disting itself from me, effectively blacklisting my career. In a frantic and desperate attempt to stop the avalanche of hate and death threats, I issued a public apology at the recommendation of a PR company, but it did nothing. I was forced into hiding. Over three years, I am still hiding. I am scared to be in public. I still can't get a job that meets my qualifications. And there have been long stretches of unemployment, all leading to thoughts of self-harm. Was my fear that day in the park irrational? Was it based on racial perceptions? Most people leapt to that assumption, especially considering the encounter that occurred on the same day a police officer murdered George Floyd. My stressful encounter was woven together with this horrific and preventable tragedy. What happened to George Floyd is what Amy Cooper would have wanted to happen to Christian Cooper, claimed one YouTuber. This could not be further from the truth and an incredibly damaging assertion that lives with that lives with me and haunts my family. My family has suffered enormously. I care for one of my parents who has terminal illness, a terminal illness. I want them to know I'll be OK, but I do not know if I will ever be. Wait, let me read that again. I want them to know I'll be OK. But I do not know if I will ever be. There are many others who have suffered as well. Over the years, my New York City apartment was a safe haven to numerous women who have endured abusive relationships. When I had to flee, they lost their safe space too. All right, she's laying, laying it on a little bit thick here. Just a little bit thick, right? This is a little, that's a little bit thick, but okay. I don't know if I did everything right in the park. But I know I didn't do everything wrong. I've tried to connect directly with Christian, but I've never heard back from him. Despite what I've endured, I would always be open to an honest, productive conversation. I want to clarify that I never filed a false police report. That charge, which resulted from the onslaught of media and political pressure on the prosecutor's office, was quickly dismissed because it had no basis in fact. For con- for context, where I grew up, which was outside the United States, Uttering threats is considered assault and does not have to include physical force, just a lack of consent. Now, that's interesting. Where the hell is she from, by the way? Hmm. I only reported exactly what happened to me that day when I was threatened by a man with a history of aggressive behavior towards other dog owners in a remote, isolated area of the park. I was terrified and traumatized. Even now, when I think about it three years later, the fear quickly wells up in me again. I also don't know why the whole truth was never printed or reported. Amy, attention, Amy Cooper, I reported the whole damn story, and I didn't wait for anybody else to do it. I used my own brain to figure it out that you were being screwed. And I did it, I think, the Tuesday after Memorial Day. I can only assume that no one, not even the top-tier media outlets, 
felt safe from the unrelenting, unforgiving weight of cancel culture. I know that's what I feared telling my own story for so many years. Uh, all right, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's no such thing as a Karen. We are all just people, each of us deserving grace and forgiveness. In the end, silencing the truth, the full story hurts all of us. Damn straight, Karen. I mean, Amy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, even I said it. I don't think Amy Cooper should have gone through any of this. I, You know what? We should make arrangements for her to see some of my early reporting and groundbreaking reporting. I had that Facebook post where Christian Cooper was yelling and screaming about how he threatened her in the park. Wow, this is the new world, huh? And it's we're getting used to it. And even uh, David Muir, a white woman dared question a man. Who, uh, can I hear that one more time, please? David Muir, David Muir, oh, where, are, where are we again? David Muir, 30. This evening from St. Louis, a confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives Oh, there. my God. Him I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All the DAs and corrupt AGs need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. Yeah. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country. No, right, baby. Elena Haba and our our friend Adam was very fresh earlier about her. Hi, uh, finish your thought about her. I mean, well, actually, no, I hope you unless you want to apologize. I think you were very mean and rude. Sure. I wasn't mean a rude, but she didn't say nothing based in law. She didn't say nothing based in law. Well, she didn't say she, why Trump she, is not she's guilty. Not, she's not in a courtroom. She's on the step. She's talking to the media. All right. She's talking to the media. And she has talked a million times about how this uh, case has no merit, has no basis. All right. It's very straightforward. Letitia James does not know what she's talking about when it comes to real estate valuations. Has no concept whatsoever. Or actually, she probably does, but it doesn't matter because she's out to get Trump, just like she said during the campaign. And that Alina Haba is a brilliant woman, and she did an amazing job. Adam, I appreciate you uh, listening as uh, as much as you do. Everything else good? Yes, sir. But can, can Haba beat the case? Yes or no, sir? Can Haba beat the case? Can Haba beat the case? I really only think that Donald Trump uh, has hope here. Well, there's always a uh, at the appellate level. These cases are going to be thrown out at the appellate level. The judge is a maniac. All right. Look up the judge. Also, look up the weird pictures he puts online of himself. Adam, thank you. Barbara is here. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Um, last night I watched, and today I heard you talking about Shannon Breen mm. and what she had to say to Mike Johnson. Shannon Breen, that is deceitful and shameful, and it looked like she has sold her soul for the 30 pieces of silver, because when you see the books that she writes about the Bible, and I was at a church recently where they were pushing that book and, and, and wanting people to read it and discuss it, 
And then for her to go, go against Mike Johnson, who, by the way, worked for Alliance Defending Freedom for eight years before he went into politics. He was a senior legal counsel there defending Shannon Bream's right to write her book, to publish it, to share it with other people, to have it on library shelves. They defend everything to do with religious freedom. They're the largest religious freedom defense legal firm in the world. And she had the temerity to step forward and rip this man for his biblical worldview. Disgusting. Yeah, I thought so, too. Now, I will say, in fairness to her, I kind of pointed this out. I mean, it was she was kind of neutral. You know, she was neutral, which I think is a problem, quite frankly. You know, critics say this about you, and uh, right? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Too neutral. Yes. No business being neutral, because sometimes neutrality means standing with the wrong side. We know that. We know that, that you must choose sides. You must choose sides. Barbara, thank God for you. Really, such a blessing. And I'll see you tomorrow. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.